From Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center in Vacaville, California. Here's Reverend Dahlia Adams. My name is Reverend Dahlia Adams, and I am so honored to be here with you today. This is the year 2021, and here at Unity of the Valley, we are focusing on transformation, that process of raising ourselves to a higher consciousness, that process of releasing that which no longer serves us and embraces embracing all that takes us higher to a greater understanding, a deeper wisdom. And transformation is a process that is often kick-started with difficulties, challenges, major changes, and the year 2020 gave us plenty, plenty of challenges. So in 2021, we're using that to grow and to become all that we can be. It's appropriate for us here at Unity of the Valley because our vision statement is a world powerfully transformed through shared spiritual awakening. And before we go on, I want to just say happy belated Earth Day. This last week, April 22nd, the world celebrated Earth Day, celebrated our Earth, and all that it gives us, all of its wonders, and some of the challenges. But it's definitely worth celebrating and noting. So today we are going to talk about the Earth, everything from the smallest blade of grass to the sun and the moon and the stars, and everything that we experience here on our planet. So we are talking about a blade of grass with maybe the subtitle of transforming our relationships with our earth. And here at Unity, we know the power of our minds, the power of our thinking, the power of our perceptions, and there are many, many activist groups throughout our country and in the world who are doing different things to serve our planet, if you will. No matter what people choose to do, I believe that the most powerful first step is to change our minds, to change the way we think about the earth, to change the way we experience our earth, the way we feel about our earth. And that, once we do that, once we see our earth through the light of truth, with a capital T, through spiritual principles, then whatever we do next in relation to our earth can only be good. Many, many years ago, I heard a news report, and I don't, you know, I don't remember who was doing the news report, and sadly, I don't remember the person being interviewed, but he was at the Ford Motor Plant in Michigan many years back, 
and he was being interviewed because he was consulting with Ford Motor Company for greener ways to do business. And I guess he was a hero for people who were in that movement because people were flocking around him and reporters were asking him questions. And one reporter asked him if he supported um, sponsoring or he, if he supported activities that promoted a sustainable relationship with our earth. And he stopped and he sounded very upset and he said, absolutely not. You could hear like a pin drop. And he looked at the reporter and he, and it was a man and he said, how would you like to have a sustainable relationship with your wife or with your son? And the reporter didn't know what to say. He goes, I don't want a sustainable relationship with my planet, with my earth. I want a loving relationship. I want a committed relationship. I want a joyous relationship with my earth. That really struck me that, yes, who would want a sustainable relationship with anything? Doesn't feel good, does it? It doesn't seem much to strive for. Another story that comes to mind when I think of transforming our relationship with the earth, transforming the way we think about the earth, the way we feel about it, the way we experience it, is a story of a, a class of young children, maybe first graders, kindergartners. And the teacher asked the children to draw a picture of themselves, a self-portrait. And they all began drawing. And there was one boy of an indigenous background. He was a Native uh, American Indian. And he, he was sitting there drawing. And all the other children were drawing a stick figure or something a little bit more elaborate, a drawing of one person themselves. And this little boy drew himself, his sister, his mother, his father the two dogs, the cat, some chickens, the trees in the background, the mountains behind that, the grass at his feet. And the teacher came up and said, no, 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 you were only supposed to draw a picture of yourself. And the little boy said, but that is who I am. So for his way of knowing and seeing who he was, was intricately tied with the earth, with the creatures of the earth, with the hills, the trees, the plants, the people that he lived with on this earth. That was who he was. And what would it be if we thought that the earth the forests, the hills, the trees, the waters that surround us, all the creatures and the plants that live there, if we thought of them as being who I am, would we want a sustainable relationship with who I am?
Like, would I want a sustainable relationship with my arm? If I am one with the earth, then I form a completely different relationship. And that is what I am inviting you to do today, to transform your relationship with the earth, with just that first step of how you see the earth, how you feel about the earth, what you experience when you hold the earth in mind and heart. We have a wonderful poet that is often quoted, he, William Blake, he wrote, to see the world in a grain of sand, and heaven in a wildflower. And that flower was along a gully where I was walking with my dog. There was a walking and biking trail, and then this gully that looked wild but this flower was growing there. And to see heaven in that wild flower, or to see the entire world in one of those grains of sand begins to capture this knowing that this world of ours is one with the God that sourced it. This world of God is an express, this world of ours is an expression of God. It is the light of God shining through each and every creature, each and every part of our world. When Jesus was teaching the multitudes, he gave what was later known as the Sermon on the Mount. And after the heart of that sermon, he said to his disciples that you are a light, you are the light of the world, and you must shine that light. You must not hide it. We are the light of the world only and powerfully because we shine the light of God, because we are expressions of God, and the light of God that is the source of our being shines through us and as us. In some way, that is also true for the hills, the mountains, the oceans, the rivers, the animals, the plants, because each part of creation is of God. It is the creative power of God active in this moment that sustains our world and all of its creatures sustains all of creation. I was listening to a speaker, um, a mystic, uh, a man named James Finley, and he was talking about the oneness with God that we have and with all of creation. And he said that in each and every moment, it is that creative power of God that brings into being all of our earth and each and every one of us. And if for a moment, we could even imagine God disappearing. That couldn't happen. But if we could pretend, the moment that God disappeared, our hills, our valleys, our forests, our creatures, and each and every one of us would disappear. For God is all life. 
God is one presence and one power. And if we take that away from the heart of anything, it ceases to be. So each creature, each mountain, each lake is the light of the world. It is the light of God shining in its own unique way. The other thing that we learned, and this was in the book of Acts, Luke, the author, here it is. Luke, the author, says to us, in God or in him, we live and we move and we have our being. There is nowhere that God is not. There is nowhere we could go to live or to move or to be where we would not be in God, in God's presence. Well, the same for a wild rabbit or a bird that is soaring or a wolf that roams the hills, there is nowhere that a creature can go or a tree can grow or a sun can shine or waves can move. There is nowhere that any part of our earth can be without being in God. So all of creation is in God and expresses the light of God simply because God is the source of all. In fact, in unity, we say God is the one presence, the one power. So it's not like there's God and then there's rabbits. Right? There is one presence. And one power. All is of God. St. Francis, that so many people admire because of his deep spirituality and the prayer of St. Francis and the example that he gave to the world, he wrote a long song or poet, a uh, poem, I'm sorry. It's called The Canticle of the Sun. But another translation is, it's the praise of creation. And in this song, or in this canticle, he says, Be praised, my Lord. Be praised, my Lord, through all your creatures, especially through my Lord, brother, son, who brings the day. And you give light through him. And he is beautiful and radiant in all his splendor. Of you, most high, he bears the likeness. So Francis acknowledges that the sun only shines because it is the light of God shining through the sun. And that the beauty of the sun is that which is beautiful of God, too. And then that the sun expresses or bears the likeness of God. So our saints, our mystics, have been teaching us this long, long time. And a, a belated celebration of Earth Day is a good time for us to linger with it. So for us, it is to see the face of God in a grain of sand, 
in a blade of grass, in a flower, in a tree. In all of these pictures, most of them I took taking walks with my dog, a few my son sent to me from his walks. So these are all local. These are places where the face of God was showing up very close to where we are here in California. Or a blade of grass. I remember I was walking. This is in Fairfield, California. I was walking and I looked over and I saw the grass waving and took my breath away. It was like in that moment for a split second, I could see the face of God in a blade of grass or in a flower. The first one was a gift. This was along a sidewalk where I was walking or in a tree or in a taller tree to see the face of God in all creation and to know that I too am of God. So I am one with that tree, with that flower. Sometimes we find God hiding in the hills. We have such beautiful hills here. We're hiding on higher hills. That's my little dog. And she was, I, I was at a nearby hospital having minor surgery. And my son took my dog up into the hills and they were waiting for me. What a beautiful expression of the light of God. To see the face of God in the sun, in the sky, in the clouds, in the water, and to allow it to touch us so deeply that we know with every cell of our being that God is. It's one of the beaches near us. With the sky and the way the sky reflects. Or here God was showing up in this sky. This was at a time not too long ago when there were fires all over California and not too far from us. And the, the sky was red from smoke. And it doesn't show up very well on the screen, but but through that red haze, a rainbow showed up, and the rainbow looked like a big orange ball. And again, it was one of those moments where you could simply feel the truth of the presence of God. This is the earth that we need to do better than have a sustainable relationship with or in the clouds, to see the face of God in the clouds, or in these clouds, or in these clouds and then in the water below, or in the water here. To see the face of God, it's all around us. God is showing up in so many ways in each and every moment. And it doesn't have to be this big. It can be that blade of grass. It can simply be that blade of grass.
to see the face of God in the animals that we see, that we meet, that we love. When I lived in the Virgin Islands, there was beautiful, calm, clear Caribbean water all around. And I would go snorkeling. And as I would go snorkeling, it was fairly shallow water. I would meet octopuses. I would meet lobster. And if I stayed still enough, and if my heart was at peace, if I wasn't agitated or grabby or trying to fish, I would make friends with the octopus or the lobster, and we would spend time together. And there was a sense of somehow we were the same. And so if we can connect with an octopus, we can connect so much more easily with the animals familiar to us, the birds and dogs and cats and cows. I was walking a couple weeks ago. Again, I walk often with my dog, and there was a peacock across the street. And it was spreading its feathers and, and closing them and doing a mating dance. There was a female, but she's not captured in the picture. But just to see the beauty of that, the face of God was so clearly present. Or for a little while, I had a, a white turkey that hung out at the bottom of my steps. And she would look at me. She'd look at me in the eye. And there was a sense of wonder, if you will. And then, of course, this is my dog, the one that was up on the hill before. In each and every living thing, in each and every part of our earth, if we look, if we allow our hearts to open, if we remember the truth that each and everything that we are looking at is a creation of the divine, if we remember that there is only one presence and one power, we can see the face of God when we look upon the earth. And we can do better than having a sustainable relationship with our earth. In fact, I like what John Denver had to say. He said, love the earth as you love yourself. For in a very deep and powerful way, we are one with the earth that we see around us. And so it is. Thank you for listening to Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center. Our services are every Sunday, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. You can support our podcast by making a donation at www.unityvacaville.org. Just be.